you never heard of. Hey everybody, welcome to the Common Folk Podcast with Ben, Morgan, and Andy. Welcome back to another week of Common Folk. You're exactly right, Ben. I'm excited about this one, getting after it here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a uh, different topic that we haven't um, tackled before. We've got a, a guest here, a local guy by the name of Greg Page. Greg, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. So what we wanted to try to tackle was uh, Greg is running for the school board, the local school board, right? Correct. Um, and this is a topic that... It seems like I keep seeing more and more and hearing more and more on social media mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and in the news of common folks like us yeah, yeah. trying to get involved in what's going on with the schools and why. Um, so I was hoping to, to speak with Greg a little bit today about not only to, to introduce him, but to find out what's going on, you know, what's motivating you, what's what have you experienced. I mean, you've got kids in the district and, and have gone through the district, so on and so forth. So... Uh, and how that applies to everyone else, and, and hopefully give some folks some some perspective and some motivation to get after some of these things on their own. Yeah, I think what we're really looking at is kind of putting responsibility back into the people's hands, right? Like, if you want to change, be that change. Go make that change. And that's why we brought Mr. Page in here to kind of talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to start, Greg, maybe, uh, you know, the most basic question, tell us just a little bit about yourself, what what you do and and uh, and what you've got going on? Sure. Um, so, uh, Greg Page, I live here uh, at Beaver Lake, just outside of Plattsmouth, Nebraska. Um, live my wife Jenny, my two kids Mason and Emerson, both go to school here at Conestoga. Uh, have an older son. Um, I'm a Gold Star parent. Have an older son that passed away this last August. Um, was killed in duty in Afghanistan. Um, I work for Cisco Systems um, as a computer security engineer and uh, lead a team for them. My motivation around kind of the school board side of it is I grew up in a smaller community where parents, families, you are part of that community. You're part of the volunteer. It's your job to kind of step up and help with, you know, the the community involvement. So that was really kind of my main motivation in going towards this is wanting to help out. And obviously I found out more things as we kind of get into it of what all Mm -hmm. is needed from a school. Excuse me. But um, that, that's kind of the, the basics of me. Um, what You said gold star parent. What does that mean? Yeah, so um, not a club anybody wants to be a part of. Um, my son was killed in service. They were in Afghanistan trying to help get Afghanistan um, and American people out of the country as the Taliban was taken over. He was killed by a suicide bomber. He came in with a suicide vest and uh, detonated at the gate uh, as they were trying to get people to safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think most people are probably familiar with that story, um, you know, from a national perspective. Um, you're, you have two in the district right now. Uh, what grades? Correct. I have a seventh grader going into eighth grade and a fifth grader going into sixth grade. Cool. Um, and, and he's it, in class withdrawal. Yeah, our, know that, our, our boy. Yeah, yeah, I know that. So we've known the pages for a second. Yeah, for a little while. <laughs> um <laughs> You threw me off track. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you ask me and you're like, wait, where's that kid? Or like, who's that girl? So, yeah. so I'm just trying to remind pod, you. I mean, I know he knew, but just reminding pod, you. We'll figure out if the pages have good boys or not. We'll figure that out. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they must. They're here, right? <laughs> He's not the one I worry about. It's the daughter. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh don't right? say that. I have we two have, daughters. Oh, no. <laughs> and we have two. Yeah, you you're know. in trouble. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is how this goes. Uh, Sorry, go ahead, Ben, since I interrupted you. Yeah, well, where was I going with that? So have your kids, those two, have they been in the Conestoga, the local district, um, since go from from kindergarten? They have. We we moved out here just after my daughter Emerson was born. So they've both gone through the school Mm -hmm. system here. And Mm -hmm. um, that was part of the reason that we moved when we did was we wanted to make sure wherever we were at was a place that they could go through school kind of their entire time and not have to pull them out and move them, you know, later or halfway through their Mm -hmm. education. Now, where'd you guys live? Or you talked about when you grew up, like where was that in Nebraska? So I grew up in um, Tarkio, Missouri. Oh, okay. And then heard of it. 
Yeah, kind of a northwest corner of Missouri, um, similar size to kind of the community we're in now. And then my junior year, we moved to Red Oak, Iowa. My dad worked for Hy-Vee Food Stores, so okay. he was um, he moved from the Tarkia store to the Red Oak store. So we moved my junior year, mm. and uh, but in a little bit bigger town, especially when you come from a small town, a town of six thousand people seems like it's huge, but okay. um, still kind of that smaller community. And you met Jenny there, or no? This was later. No, I met Jenny here in Omaha. Um, I came back. Uh, to work in Omaha. That was the closest place to kind of find work and uh, met Jenny when um, we were working together. Actually, we were working at the same place. Gotcha. Nice. Use, uh, sidebar, you said you guys were in Red Oak? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm driving through Red Oak tomorrow yeah, and I are. will be stopping at the High V. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's going on a man fishing trip. They call it man oh. day. <laughs> oh, yeah. A day has turned into like three days. Yep. I'm not quite sure how that becomes fair it's a great day yeah that seems perfect (laughs) (laughs) right yeah so i just need a like girl oh yeah day spa day or something yeah but it needs to be three Mm. days you You gotta even it out while i'm gone you can do that okay who's gonna take care of the kids yeah who's gonna yeah there we go talking about personal responsibility here (laughs) (laughs) send them over to the greg's house (laughs) (laughs) i know now no. we're, we're figuring some things out here. I already like this. After a two and a dog, it's no more chaos. To have a few more. Around. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Sorry. Okay, so you said okay. So where you grew up, and then you met Jenny. But the kids being in the district, have you loved this district? Because we're newer. Uh, Joel's only been well. We've only been living here for a couple years. Mm-hmm. So coming in from the outside in a bigger district, there's you know obviously changes, and we've found you know smaller town things like that. I mean you've enjoyed it obviously for the kids yeah i think we have an incredible school and and one of the things is just the amount of attention that our kids get so my older son went to school in omaha he went to millard which was a bigger school and it's easy to get lost in that type of a school Mm -hmm. system and it's really not at our school where you know they get that attention that you know teachers know them by name the other students know Mm -hmm. them by name and um you know i think you know, just at a basic level, that's incredible for our, our kids. But on top of it, we have incredible teachers. We have an incredible school system. Um, they're very focused on making sure that we kind of adjust with how things are changing with the times in mm-hmm. education and curriculum and how kids learn and those types of things. So we've uh, we've loved the school and, and really proud that that's where our kids go to school. Yeah. You mentioned, um, you know, like you said, the, the teachers know all the kids and, and, and everyone knows each other. Um, and I think even, like you said, where you guys were in Omaha and, and we were in the Papillion area for a little while, um, certainly within that school itself, like the elementary school that we were at, it was tight. You know, everyone knew each other and so on and so forth. But after that, they didn't. You know what I mean? Once you go to the middle school, you go to the high school, where today uh, in these small districts like Conestoga, the the high school teachers have a general idea of who also those kids are in the elementary school, mm-hmm. not only because of, you know, the, the families that are coming up, but just because it's just a small community. So that's, I think that's the big difference. They know what's coming. They know, they know what they're, what's, what they're, <laughs> what they're in for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really is a nice scenario. And I grew up in the same type of scenario where, I mean, through preschool all the way up at, through your senior year, everybody knows everybody and everyone's kind of looking out for you. Uh, my mother used to kind of say, you know, in Lynch, the community raises you, mm-hmm. you know, it's oh. not just the parents. Mm-hmm. And it, it really like is that. that way. I mean, I would get in trouble at Ben King's house across town. <laughs> and before uh. I even got home on my bicycle, mom already knew and I was in trouble. Like, that that's, is so that's how true. it goes. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. That is so true. I actually ran into a couple just the other day. I was at Hy-Vee and I ran into four other women and then I was grocery shopping with one that we mm-hmm. just like kept going down the same aisle talking about everything. I came yeah. home and I had said something to Joel, who's in fifth grade. And he's like, how do you already know that? And yep. I'm like, well, it's 5 p.m. You get out at 3.45. You know, that's yeah, pretty I've quick I've already had turnaround. over an hour, yeah, to figure <laughs> this all out. Yeah. So when yeah. you say small district, let's give perspective. Like what's a graduating class in this town? Yeah, so um, it varies, but I would say roughly you're looking at around 80 kids per class. Okay. Okay. So your kind of internal call to action here was you already like what we have and you appreciate it and you know it's great, um, but you just you want to kind of throw your hat in the ring here and make it even better. Like what, what kind of motivates you the most here? Yeah, there's a couple things that kind of drove me to do this. So one, at our school right now, we're going through trying to get a bond passed. We have just facility issues overall where 
we don't have enough room for students to you know, learn. We don't have enough room for students to do different activities that we have. We have issues with maintenance where we need to replace you know, heating, cooling systems, mm-hmm. things like that. So I've been involved with a committee, um, a community committee that's working on that right now. So that's one of the areas where, you know, we want to make sure that we're on top of that and working with it. So just to continue to work with that was a big piece of it. And you look at, you know, people often say, well, the the class size hasn't grown that much. Why do we need a bigger school? Well, if you look 20 years ago, the way we taught was around lecture. You know, you had a a teacher up front, they would teach to a class sitting in their desks. Well, the way we teach now between technology, between more of the interactive learning, just the space that's needed is different and, and keeping on top of that. So that's one of the things I would like to make sure that, you know, we continue to do a great job of is staying on top of how do kids learn? What are the newest things that are coming out? And I would think, I mean, you want your mentality to be, we want to make this to where we're attracting families, we're attracting new students. We don't want to just stay at 80 kids per class. I mean, we want to be going the other way. I mean, I think that's what a healthy district, a healthy city, a healthy town, they're all, you're always continuously growing. Yeah. And, and I, th- I think that's um, any community wants to continue to grow. They want that for you know many reasons. They want it for, you know, the, the different things that are available to you as a bigger town or as you grow, as those, you know, the tax burden reduces, as you have more mm-hmm. people in that community, there's, you know, home values, there's all kinds of reasons. And the school is a big driver of that. And, you know, if you look at the studies that shows that the school is one of the main reasons you get new families, new communities, you know, building out. Oh, yeah, it's huge. It's the first thing I think a lot of parents, people look at is even people without kids. It's amazing how they want to look at the school district, you know, yeah. what kind of, yeah. you know, it, it always comes up. Our, uh, our school district, there's a couple things that are unique, but a couple things I think that are the same, you know, all across the country in these small districts. And that one, there's a few communities that feed into our school, right? So you've got the Murray um, group. You've got Union, which probably doesn't bring much. Does Union come to Conestoga? Yep, Union, yep. Nahaka. Nahaka, yep. Um, yeah, the Beaver Lake area. Beaver Lake, yeah. So um, multiple communities feeding the school district, all of them being very small. The biggest one probably Murray, I guess, which is going to be, what, 1,000 people? Yeah, I think that's about Maybe right. Maybe somewhere in that range. Um, but then what is unique is that we've got this lake community that a lot of these small towns don't have. So this lake that popped up in, what, the 70s or something like that mm-hmm. um, and has just been a big attractor for new homes, for people moving south, excuse me, getting just a little bit outside of town, you know, yeah. not not far not far enough where it's not too bad of a drive, but far enough where you don't have to deal with the hectic of, you know, the Omaha area. Um and so that is really feeding this school district and, and making it grow at a rapid rate uh, where you talk about, you know, someone said, well, the class sizes aren't changing. Well, they are. I mean, we, there's a house goes up for sale down here and it's gone in a week or two. And the new construction is mm-hmm. through the roof, you know, so that that has to be planned for. Yeah. And people talk about, you know, I hear this at schools all the time about that the class sizes aren't growing and they look at the high school or the older classes. And typically when you have growth, it's in those younger grades. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing at our school Mm -hmm. district, because it's a lot of times, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we moved because we wanted to get our kids into the school district and not have to move later. So a lot of times when that happens, you see those younger families are moving in and that's where that growth is. And that's what we're seeing at our school. It's those younger grades that are starting to get bigger. Um, you know, the high school, we're seeing a little bit of growth, but not nearly as much as we are in like those kindergarten, first grade classes. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Actually, when you walk in to the school, there's actually an area that's kind of under the stairs that they're teaching in, mm. you know, I mean, for some maybe some resources or, you know, resource and yeah, is it art on a day. cart? I mean, it's just like, yeah. We definitely need the space. And going back to what you said, Ben, I mean, this has got to be happening everywhere. Not obviously, it's not just here. This has got to be a normal, I don't want to say normal, but a common theme across. So I kind of want to throw this question at everybody, but let's start with you, Greg. Uh, Everyone hates to pay taxes and higher taxes. And why is education always the first thing we chop? And why is that always like I feel like when we have the old money talk and the old hats down at the coffee shop, uh, education's okay to cut. Uh, But the new highway or new road, we need that or that should be paved over here versus rock or whatever. But for why? Why is this mentality really across the, the U.S.? I don't care if it's inner city, rural like we're talking about. Why is education always on the chopping block? And it just seems to be so acceptable. 
Yeah, I think part of it is just it's one of the few things that we vote on for our taxes. You know, a lot of those things just automatically get rolled in or put in at a federal level or a state level, and we don't really get a say in those where on the taxes or on the school um, taxes you do. The other piece is, you know, a lot of times we don't do as good a job of messaging that as we should of what is what is it that we're using this money for and how does this help us, you know, for the community? How does it help mm-hmm. our schools? How does it help our families? And I think a lot of times it's just not really understanding how it's being used, what it's being used for and how it benefits everybody. You, know, you always have those people that say, well, I don't have kids in school. Yeah. Well, again, you know, we talked earlier, the schools still benefit the community. They benefit, you know, the families that live in those areas. And again, you know, helps bring people in, spread that tax burden, things like that. So there's benefits there that I, I don't think people always understand. So I think a lot of it's just you've got to get out there and be vocal and transparent about, hey, this is how we're using the money. This is why we need it. The communication piece is huge. I think that that probably resonates all across the country with, and really mm-hmm. with, with anything. Um, you know, you know, Greg, and, and local folks who listen to this will know that our district's been trying to do this bond. And for me, from the outside looking in, that's exactly what I think the problem is. And it sounds like you probably think some of the same is that people just aren't fully educated on what's going on. And there's opportunities to do stuff. You know, people will come out afterwards and say, well, you should have gone to the to the meeting and you could have learned everything you wanted to learn and so on and so forth. And while that's true, that's just sometimes you have to figure out how to get to people where they are. And that's a struggle when you have, you know, so many different ways to communicate social media, but not everybody's on social media, newspaper, but not everybody reads a newspaper. And you've got to figure out how do we get to the most people and share that information. And it's tough when you have, you know, the thousands of different ways we have to communicate now. What did you say? Newspaper? What is that? (laughs) What are they? (laughs) Wait, is that a thing? I actually, this time around for the bond, I got a phone call and I, and I liked that. It was just like, Hey, so you know, you know, this is going on. You know, yeah. make sure you're there to vote. Yeah. Um, where, I don't know if they did a poll or how many people actually answered or if, even if it was a message. So, I mean, there's so many different ways, but right. yeah. Well, and part of the communication and getting the word out, I, I feel this might roll into where you have 15% on this extreme end screaming, yelling. They're really loud. You got 15% on the exact opposite end acting the same way, crazy, loud, grabbing all this attention. And I feel like you have 85% of everyone else in the middle there like, okay, what is really going on? Is this school bond worth it? Or is this a waste of money? Is this a money pit? You know, and how how do we get the masses to focus in on maybe a quieter message? You know what I mean? That that makes the most sense. Yeah, you definitely have to hit that middle group. And, and that's where you want to influence, right? There's going to be people that are against it no matter what. There's mm-hmm. people that are for it no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's that middle group that you really want to make sure you're getting that info out to. But I feel it's such a challenge. Like even if you go on YouTube and just look up news, you got your first 20 videos are crazy loud heads here, crazy loud heads here. And they're screaming at each other like it's like they're talking NFL football. Who's going to win? I'm a Packers fan. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's where the conversation goes. And it's it's not conversation at that point. It's just who can be the loudest. Yep, and absolutely. And that middle group is so busy, you know, so like you said, trying to get to them, trying to get their attention because their attention is on all these things that we've mm-hmm. already been talking about. They've got kids in school. They got a full time job. Right. You know, they got a house to maintain, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so trying to get their intention is really tough. And that's, that's something that I don't know what I would do to try to, to try to get hold of those folks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's hard. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people just trying to get them to understand how different school is now than it was when they went to school, because, you know, they have this vision of, you know, well, I went to school mm-hmm. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and we didn't need more space. We had the same amount of kids. And one of the things that I'm really passionate about is bringing new programs to our school. So last year I started a, it's called Cyber Patriot. It's um, put on by the Air Force Association, but it's a program to get students interested in cybersecurity and and interest in the field. So we brought that program to the school last year. And there's a lot of programs like that I would like to see happen. I mean, especially in our community, like the ag tech stuff is huge, right? You talk about you know, being able to work on kind of the technology side of it or the plotting or all of those types of things that are out there that, you know, we have traditional ag classes, but there's a lot of programs out there that you can bring in to start looking at some of those, which I think for our community would be huge. But in general, you look at robotics, you look at some of the other um, different programs that are out there. There's a lot of them that we could bring in, but again, we've got to have the space. We've got to mm-hmm. have the facilities to do that. Well, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that the neighboring school here did the, just completed a brand new facility out front there and it's really focus in on the tech side 
I don't know if it's all automotive inside that building, but I think it's a lot of automotive. Yeah, I'm not sure some... either, but yeah, it's definitely a tech, mm-hmm. yeah. tech space. And it, that is something, I don't know why, but it seems like through the 90s and into the 2000s, that got pushed to the side. You know, I don't know what happened, but uh, even where I went to college, uh, that program was dropped. A lot of the machinist, machinery type of stuff and tech stuff just got dropped while I was there. Like really? just buildings closed down. And now you hear more and more about that. People are talking about trade schools again and getting into the trades, right, because of the cost of college, the, you know, the other options that are out there. And I think those programs are more important now than they've probably ever been. So is that one of your bigger platforms that you like to stand on is let's bring that trade, let's bring that tech back into it? It is. I think that, you know, again, coming down to what brings people to our school, what makes our school exciting, what gets people in our school excited is, is, are those things. And those are, I mean, career paths for people that, you know, they maybe don't have that opportunity right now that if we can bring that to them and get mm-hmm. them that feel, that gets them a, a jump start in a, a career down that path in the future. Yeah, I'm 100% for those tech <coughs> programs. When when we were younger and in school, um, we, we had that. And yeah. when I had the option to pick classes, I was always picking one of those, you know, whether it be automotive, woodworking, metalworking, some kind of electronic design where we were making um, like circuit boards and things like that. I mean, that yeah. I loved that stuff. And it definitely put me on the path that I'm on today, right. um, you know, being mechanical minded and, and doing what I'm doing. So I think it's huge. And they, in hundred percent, they pulled most of those programs, you know, yeah. after, after yeah. we left. Uh, I actually, um, I went to a smaller school than all you guys. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, you so did. I actually looked ahead and I started manipulating that what classes I could take and win my <laughs> freshman year. So my senior year, because I took all the trigonometry and geometry and everything else, all the, you know, level 300 type classes, I spent half the day down in the shop. I took welding, advanced welding, automotive tech, uh, woodworking too. Like I had them all lined up. So I just basically wow. camped out down there and got to do all the fun stuff. I mean, and we did some crazy stuff, tore apart uh, lawnmower completely. Everybody had their own lawnmower and we had to strip down that to where it was just a block. Then we had to rebuild it. And when you yeah. pulled it, mm-hmm. if you got, if you, if it started on the first pull, you got an A. Really? <laughs> Second pull, A minus. So, I mean, was, I mean, it was kind of stressful, you know? So what'd you get? Oh, I got an A plus. Give me a break. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't be lying now. I'm not, I'm not. But, okay. Uh, but no, I, that attracted me. And I think a, a lot of it was just being inquisitive, wanting to figure things out. Um, and we always, because we still use draft boards back then, you know, with the T square and the whole, the whole nine yards. And even back then when we would have college professors from Wyoming tech and different institutions like that come in, they're like, well, this is why kids from Lynch are the best and always, uh, graduate at the top of the class. Cause you guys still use T squares. You guys still know how to read a tape measure, <laughs> like just stuff that I assumed everybody knew how to do. Uh, he's like, no, 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 they get to college and we got to show them how to read a tape, a tape measure. Well, and nowadays, you know, the technology has advanced so much. Um, a lot of that stuff in one way or another has become obsolete other than, you know, something mm-hmm. like a tape measure. I mean, that's going to be timeless. But uh, you had touched on earlier, Greg, about the tech and what's going on in our schools. What What is our district doing with tech, um, you know, in terms of like electronics and, you know, the internet and, you know, the internet of things and all the stuff that's happening with that, do you know? Yeah, our school has been pretty good about staying proactive on all of that. And if you look at what happened with COVID, I feel like our school was very prepared for the remote learning as it popped up and, mm-hmm. and they did an incredible job. Through work, I've heard and talked to a lot of schools that really struggled with that transition. They weren't set up either from the, you know, they didn't have laptops or iPads for the students or they didn't have the availability for the connectivity or everything was hosted in their school. So they didn't have a way to get the students to connect to it. And Conestoga did a great job of, you know, they had their um, abilities out on the cloud through Google. They had devices for all the students. They had, you know, Zoom set up. They were able to quickly get adapted and switched over to it. Um, Overall, they've kind of done a great job of that to continue to use, you know, there's different government programs like E-Rate where it lets you, you know, get funding for internet connectivity, for wireless, for some help with laptops, things like that, where they do a great job of kind of staying in front of that. Um, there's obviously, like I said, there's a lot of things that I, I think we could do more, but you need the space, you need the facilities, you need to, you know, have the area to do it. And that's one of the things that I think um, as we move forward, I'll, I'll continue to push hard on because I think that's something, again, that draws people to our community, to our school. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think, you know, you've touched on a few different things here in, in terms of 
our school district in particular, and again, this this is, applies on a national level, what really are the main things that, that you think need to get done? It seems like most of the stuff that you're talking about surrounds dollars that the district needs. It is. Um, I, I think, again, we've done a great job with our staff at the school, our teachers, our, you know, the students are uh, attentive, they get a good education there. I think what we're looking at from our perspective is just what are the things that we can do to make it that much better? And how do we, you know, get students to explore different things? Like I said, you know, there's people out there that, you know, they maybe would really you know, use the automotive example of automotive yeah. tech. You know, there's people that would love that career and aren't getting that opportunity right now in, in schools all over as those programs have been pulled. So a, a lot of it comes back to, you know, do we have the equipment? Do we have the facilities to do it? So it does come down to the dollars for the most part. You know, it's not a, a decision. It's not a we don't have the right people. It's literally where do we, you know, where do we teach those classes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for anybody that's interested in, in going down a path like this, what, what does that look like? Like how do you, you know, from the time when you decide, I want to help make a difference, it's time for me to get involved uh, in the schools, what, what, what happens from there? Yeah, so um, it, it's an interesting process. There's a lot more to it than I think most people know in regards to regulations, in regards to, you know, kind of the things that are involved and that a board looks at and the different funding and those so there's a lot of education that goes into it, and I'm still, you know, learning a lot of that. And some of that will come as um, if I get onto the board of, you know, there's classes that they put you through. But there's a lot of stuff out there online that you can get engaged in to, to learn more about it. But once you submit, it is done through an election. So we just went through our primaries. Um, we had eight people go in for three positions. So in the primary, they narrowed it down to six. When we go into the November election, they'll pick three out of those six. Um, the voters will. Um, the process is really – the biggest thing is, you know, coming back to that communication of, you know, get, you've got to go out and, you know, obviously register to get into the election. But at that point, it's, you know, getting your information out there, why you think you'd be a good candidate, what it is you want to do. And I think that's what people want to see is, you know, again, somebody that's going to be transparent, somebody that's going to come in and wants to make some good changes. And it's not that there's things that are wrong there now necessarily. It's, hey, what what the additional things that you would like mm-hmm. to bring and how do you help drive things on that board? You know, what's your talent or your unique space that maybe somebody else or so, that isn't on that board right now? Okay, so for someone like me that maybe doesn't know a ton, so there's a, obviously there's a board right now and you're saying there's three. Right now there's six there's on the six. board. There's going to be three open spots. Okay, and so how long can you stay on the board? Yeah, it's a four-year term, it and is then four. you come back up for re-election. Okay, all right. And how how many times can you be re- re-elected indefinitely, or yeah, okay. indefinitely on there. Yeah. Um, and, and typically, what you see for the most part from school board members is, you know, they kind of stay while their kids are on, and then sure. usually a couple years after that, and then you know they kind of get somebody new in there. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it can vary. I mean, you may have people that are just passionate about it that you know spend years on there. Okay, and each school system is going to be different with different, or is it always six? Do you know? I mean, do you know? Does it um, depend on how big the town is? It can is? vary. Typically, okay. you're right around six, though. Sometimes okay. they'll go with you know an odd number for voting purposes, things like that. But oh. um, it's usually right around six. Okay. And what kind of power does the school school board have? Like, what 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 things are discussed, and what decisions are they able to make? Yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff that's going on in the world right now with school boards as you, you know, you see some of the stuff on the news, but, um, you know, typically you're dealing with the financial situation. This is one of the things that our school hit was we've gotten a a fairly bad financial place. uh, I'm going to say 10 years ago and the school board made some decisions that they had to make to kind of bring the school back. And we went to a four day school week and some of those types of things. We closed the, the Nahaka school, one of our other school buildings and consolidated so it's, you know, there's some decisions like that that you've got to make that are tough decisions for the school to keep things going. Yeah. How do you allocate funds? How do you make sure that you're doing using funds in the right way, maintenance, those types of things? But then there's all kinds of things happening now, as you see, you know, in the news, again, parents that are upset over you know the learning criteria that's out there or um, what's going on with, you know, gender, things like that, that the school board has to be involved in. So there's some interesting and tough decisions out there that the board gets involved with. Yeah. I mean, just right off the top of my head, there's like a theory out there that has to do with critical race that I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Certainly a hot topic out there right now. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We, we don't need to dive into that (laughs) quite yet. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And and things like that, typically there's a fair amount of federal regulation, state regulation. So, you know, kind of making sure you're following within those, which mm -hmm. kind of across the board, everything the school does has, you know, regulations around it in certain areas. But yeah, those are great examples of, you know, you've got to make sure that you're not 
outside of the scope of what's allowed by law. Well, and that was my other thought was, do you have somebody else or the board? Do they have like somebody guiding to or like not a boss, but you know what I mean? Do you have to stay stay in, like you just said, some guidelines? So, yeah. So there's state representatives you work with. We have obviously, you know, lawyers that we work with, financial people that, you know, kind of help us with. Um, those types of things. But this is where it really becomes valuable for a board to have people that understand that. So having somebody on the board with a financial background is obviously a huge help. Having somebody on with a technology background, somebody on with, you know, the education background so that you have some guidance even within the board. But there's always kind of advisors, so to speak, that you can reach out to and work with. There's so so many moving pieces there. Uh, You know, like you say, if you get people on the board with certain expertise, also a big benefit probably is that it's going to save the district a lot of money. Rather than having to go out and pay somebody for consultation or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so you bring that tech piece. Yeah, I, I think um, kind of the tech piece and then, you know, again, just looking at it from I, – I kind of lean on my my business background a little bit just in that, you know, looking at how do we handle some of those pieces. I mean, I, I don't want to say that the school is a, a business, but there are certain aspects to it that you have mm-hmm. to handle in that way. So I think the technology and the business side are where I can benefit the school. Well, in business, it's all about wins. So let's talk about the most important piece here, the athletics. I want more football wins. I want more soccer. I want volleyball team back on top. And that's probably, I think, where the school board really faces it, probably maybe out of whack compared to the things that really matter is, oh, man, we need to get rid of this coach. We lost the first three we, games yeah. of the year. Yeah, we need to quit getting beat by those punks down the road or whatever. Yeah, let's, yeah. Get, let's get the school board on yeah. Yeah, and our local school board just went through interviewing a new athletic director. So, you know, those are the things that you... I'm already mad at you. <laughs> how do you, uh, and, and how do you, you know, make sure you've got the right fit for that that's going to do the right things for the programs? Mm-hmm. And, you yeah. know, it's a, that's a long-term commitment. You bring somebody in, you've got to trust that they're going to do the right things and make sure you interview well. So, um, you know, kudos to the current board for, uh, for going through that process. That's tough. And that's... these are big sports nuts, so... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, we... We poke fun at and and say things like, well, does sports, you know, really matter that much? Why are we focusing so much? Well, in a lot of ways it does. You know, it teaches youngsters, you know, how to work as a team, how to listen to, you know, a parental, a coach, some, you know, a grown-up that's not your parents. Yeah. Like there's a lot of really good things that come out of youth athletics. And so I, in in a weird way, I do kind of like, how crazy sometimes it can be as far as, man, I want the, a good coach. I want a good staff. I want a good program. Like, I, I do think it matters. I think I think that's a great um, parallel to what we were talking about earlier with, like, the tech and the, um, you know, the automotive classes and the metal classes mm-hmm. and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. There's so much emphasis put on the sports. And while a lot of the kids do play, not they don't all. Right. You know what I mean? So it's right. not every kid in the district that benefits from these sports programs, mm-hmm. but we we do put a lot of emphasis emphasis on them, and rightfully so. But that mentality, if that same mentality was put towards some of these tech programs, yeah, yeah. and I, mean, I love shoot, these man. programs. Like let these kids find their yeah. their path, yeah. and then we can support them. And we need to bring, constantly be bringing in or exploring new, you know, types of programs or the tech programs, and you know those contests. You know, my wife's a science teacher. Uh, so they do this destination imagination oh. competition, um, and it's it's wonderful because a lot of times it's kids that aren't in volleyball, they're not in football, but they really get into robotics. And so here's a platform for them to compete against schools not only around Nebraska or the Midwest, but on a international level if they make it to nationals. Okay. So like I I'm all for that. It doesn't have to be football. It can be robotics or automotives, mm-hmm. you know. But there's a there's a way to do it. And, you know, a lot of the focus now is mental health, you know, yeah. talking about that, especially with the youth. Um, and it, there's been a lot of studies done where if you don't have school pride, the kids don't, the student body doesn't, it affects their mental health big time. And if you have a good football team or a basketball team, it's always going to state, your your overall student body has a better state of mental health. And that could that could actually be used, you know, on, in other programs. It doesn't have to be basketball, but you have to have something where these students, your population is proud of their school, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I just, it doesn't have to be sports. I don't want to get off yeah. on that yeah. tangent. It can be anything, but you do have to constantly be getting better and giving kids a reason to be proud, I guess, as well. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of benefits to sports, right? I mean, from the, you know, the, the mental aspect of it, both, you know, mm-hmm the challenge, learning to win, lose, compete, be a good sport. Um, But like you said, the mental health aspect of the whole community around that. And you get into a smaller community, it's a huge thing, right? Yes. Friday night football. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, totally. 
Yeah, and, and I'm always amazed at the South. You go down there and see the giant stadiums, you know, that they have that are bigger <laughs> oh, yeah, than yeah. most of the college yeah. stadiums <laughs> for high school teams. And, um, you know, they've done a great job of making sure that when they do that, they also get the money in there for, you know, those programs at their schools. And they kind of yeah. balance that out and use those together because if athletics is important, hey, let's tag on to it and see if we can get some uh, get some academic out of this too. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about things like, and, and I've had a little bit of experience with this being on the fire department and the, ca- the cadets that we have that are high school kids coming in the fire department. And you have, um, your family has this military background with your son. Are you familiar with the programs that um, we're doing in the school district in that category? I'm not. Okay. So I was just, I was just curious. I'm not either, but I know there's like these um, ROTC programs and things like that. Yeah, the ROTC program I'm familiar with. Okay, but, okay, know. that's what I'm referring to. Yeah, like and and um, there's several things in there that uh, you know. There's different companies that also support those types of things where they'll pull in if you're part of the ROTC program or you're part of some of these different groups. You know, FFA is a great example where you know there's things that companies will do to help sponsor you through school. They'll help you know get you a jump start into a career with other you know companies. Yeah, you know that's one for us. You know, we actively pull at Cisco from, you know, um, ROTC or from people that are just getting out of the military and transitioning over and those types of things. So there's all kinds of benefits to having those programs that, again, kind of fall on the, hey, if you don't have those, you're, you know, basically cutting kids out of some options that maybe help them out. And I'll tell you, you know, from firsthand experience working with those kids um, that, that are on the fire department, that are cadets, that are in the ROTC program, you know, they're signed up to go to the guard or what one kid's going to be, he's trying to be some kind of air medic. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, these kids are so focused and such hard workers and it's as mm-hmm. a result of those mm-hmm. kinds of things that they've been involved in along with other things as well, their parenting and so on and so forth. But, um, it's so cool to see how that's influenced them and, and really got them focused and yeah. doing a good job at things. Well, and it was something that they could get involved in that led them down a path, you know, yeah. early on where, you know, there's a lot of us at that age that had no idea what we were going to do yet or trying to make those decisions. And yep. when they have those types yep. of things to give them that guidance, I mean, that's a huge help. And once again, they're part of a team. Like I've seen mm-hmm. some of those ROTC kids that hang out together. They, yep. you know, I call a lot of broadcast, a lot of games. And when they do their march out and they set the flag, like they are on point. Yeah. Like it matters. Yeah. You know it what I mean? It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Back to the board, I was I was realizing while you were talking a little bit about there that there's a lot that I don't know, and I suspect probably the people that are listening don't either, in what a school board really does. And you've already touched on it, but one of the things you touched on was like interviewing for the AD. I, I hadn't really thought about that. So do, do the do the boards kind of have the ultimate authority in hiring these higher level positions within the district? Yeah, they typically do. And, you know, one of the other things that we have coming up is our superintendent. This was her last year. So um, we brought in, I say we, the, the current board brought in an interim superintendent. So they went through those interviews to bring somebody in for the next couple of years. And then they'll do, um, you know, a full-time replacement for that superintendent. So going through those interviews and, and working on that. So that's where, again, kind of have those differences in expertise that each board member has makes a big difference as you're interviewing people and trying to figure out, hey, do they fit kind of all the pieces that we need to make our school successful? Huh. And, and Greg, keep saying we because you're going to feel the common folk bump after <laughs> yes, this. So right. It's yeah. all right. Just assume the role. <laughs> Perfect. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, that that hits even more home in, in how important it is to make sure that the right folks are on the board. Um because those are things that I hadn't thought about. You know, that's that that's a decision that'll be made, you know, for that superintendent that's going to last for years. That once it's made, it's made. Mm-hmm. And all the parents, you know, it's like you don't have a choice. So the, the board is your elected official that's that is um acting as as you as the individual, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's a great point. You know, <laughs> you hire a superintendent, it's tough to reverse that decision if things don't work out. So you want to make sure you get that right up front. Yeah, so you need no to doubt. be you need to be looking yeah. for it, it it just makes me think and realize it need to be more involved in understanding who are these folks that are running for these positions and you want to get people in these positions that are like-minded that you think are going to be making decisions like you would make, you know, in the best interest of, you know, your little family, which applies to everyone else. It is. And, and you bring up a great point of, you know, it is that responsibility. But at the same point, you've got to also be willing to listen to your community because what you think is mm-hmm. the correct answer might not be what the rest of the community mm-hmm. feels is. So mm-hmm. you've got to be, you know, listening to what people say. You've got to be open to those conversations. And, you know, maybe the way that you think it's going to work isn't the right way. And people have a better idea. You've got to make sure you're you know listening to that and always learning. 
So, mm-hmm. so we, we kind of touched on this a little earlier about, you know, getting our message out and how do you get your message out? Uh, Greg, what have you been doing? And, and it, there's a, and Ben, you t- touched on this. It's a personal responsibility, like, especially being a parent in the school district, I, I should, I should be actively out there looking at the candidates, right. kind of getting an idea, but you know, it's also goes on you guys, you know, who are running for this position. How are you getting your message out or how have you personally been, been doing this? Yeah, so it starts with what's my message, right? And we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about the things that I would like to do in, you know, adding those programs and making sure that we're, you know, building our facilities correctly and being involved in those types of things. I've also been pretty vocal about the things that I've done in the past. Like I mentioned, I brought the Cyber Patriot program, mm-hmm. having been a coach with the school in, in different sports over the years, um, being a community leader with – I'm a Boy Scout leader, um, been involved with the building committee, you know, just the different things that I've done in the past to show involvement with the school and, and being involved there. From the platform, um, you know, we've primarily done it through social media. We've done yard signs, things like that as well. But for the most part, it's been through social media that we've really kind of driven, you know, my campaign to get the word out there. And it's really just been about who am I? What do I stand for? What do I want to see happen? Well, and I think going through it, going about it that way shows firsthand that, hey, I'm, I'm willing to get on board with the next generation or the next wave of, of technology. If you're not just relying on newspaper ads or yard signs, no, you're, you're getting on social media to get that message out. Yeah. And again, it comes down to, you know, like the information on the bond and how do you talk to people? There's so many different ways to communicate that I'm sure I'm only hitting, you know, a certain percentage of Mm -hmm. what I should be in that message. And I've got to make sure that I'm getting out there, whether it's, you know, going door to door, whether it's sending out mailers. But, you know, there's a lot of people that don't use social media. There's a lot of people that, um, you know, learn and get their information in different ways. So that's something as we go in now that we're through the primary going into November, we'll look at how do we make sure we get that word out a little broader. So you obviously know the other people that you're running against. Is that difficult because they're friends or, I mean, how does that work in a smaller, I shouldn't always say smaller town, but you know, it's probably could be the same thing in a big school district, but. Yeah. And I don't know them all. I mean, I I know them all by name. Um, I know about half of them personally. Yeah. And um, personally, I think it's great. We have some candidates that are running that have a really great background for what we need. Okay. Two of the people are actually going for re-election. So there's only one new open spot. Two are people that are currently on the board that are going for re-election again because their four years is up. Um, but we've got some great candidates on there. Um, there's, you know, everybody's kind of got a different reason and platform that they're running on. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think we're very lucky that, I mean, any community, if you can get people that want to go right. help and do the right thing, yeah. take yeah. advantage of it. Right. Yeah. The more, the merrier, kind of. Yep. Right. Yeah, I think it speaks to the community, too, to have um, that many folks interested in taking on that responsibility. Um, you know, having a full-time job and, and kids at home and all the things. I mean, it's got to be a commitment, right? Yeah, I, I don't think people understand what the time commitment of it is. You mm. know, those those boards meet. It's not just a, hey, we meet once a month and talk for an hour about things. It's, you know, they have sessions where they're going through, you know, the financials of the school or they're talking about those maintenance issues or they're, you know, interviewing athletic directors mm-hmm. or, you know, having those special sessions. So there's a big time commitment to it that I don't think people always understand quite how much time those people on the board put in and do. The time commitment and there's some pressure to it as well, obviously. I mean, now that I know you, Greg, and kind of where you're at, if the football team doesn't perform, I'm holding you accountable. I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back to football. Oh, that's so funny. I think touching on what Morgan said, too, that's a very real thing as well. People don't realize, you know, you're taking on this responsibility and this commitment, and now you get on. Let's say you get on, and, and now you're at the football game, and the guy sitting next to you know who knows who you are and knows something that the board just did or whatever, and maybe he likes it, maybe he doesn't. I mean, you're, you're opening yourself up to all that. Yeah, it, that's one of the things that uh, is tough. And, I, you know, I talked earlier about kind of the, the business side and of me bringing that is, you know, I've, I've learned through my work that you have to make the right decision, what you believe is right, take people's input, do the research, but you're still going to have people that don't like the decision you made. Mm-hmm. And the school board's the same way. You're going to make people unhappy, yeah. and you just kind of have yep. to try to make the right decision. Again, do the research, talk to people, make the decision that you think is correct, and, and stick with it. And you're going to have people that are upset. You're going to have people that you know don't like what you've done. Oh, yeah. But yeah. as long as you, at the end of the day, know you did what you think was best, that, yeah. that's the way through it. You can go to bed. Yep. You know, sleeping and you got to stand for yeah. something, or you're gonna fall for everything, right? There you go. Yeah. Isn't that a, a song? song. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you said it the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
jinx. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I don't know, it's been very educational for me. There's, I realize there's a lot of things that I didn't know. Um, do you have, uh, you guys have any other questions for me in regards to the? I really don't. I mean, I I could I could talk to you, Greg, all day long. You know, I, re- I really could. But I think we kind of covered the, the big points that I wanted to get after. And that was, you know, the motivation behind, yeah. you know, why. Uh, and then exactly what it is, you know, what it what it means to be part of the board. Is yeah. there anything that um, you were thinking about coming in, Greg, that, you know, you wish we had asked or anything that you'd like to bring up about it? No, you've covered it. The one thing I would say is, you know, it's it's I have personal feelings about this, but it's a big honor for us to be able to go out and vote. And, you know, it's amazing to me the amount of people that don't go vote, whether it's for the board or in general. But um, mm-hmm. take advantage of that opportunity. Go vote. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think on that on that last deal, uh, just to put it in perspective, what what did that bond not pass by? <laughs> so right now our bond is sitting at a no vote of uh, thirteen votes. Oh yeah. gosh, I was yeah. thinking it was seventeen, so that's even closer. Yeah, 13. and they're still doing um, a recount and things just because of how close it was. Sure. But okay. that's yeah. where it was sitting yeah. uh, at last glance. Yeah, God. that's you, what people have to think about. We, you know, when yeah. you think, "Oh, my vote doesn't make a difference," oh, no. yeah, it does, it does. Yeah, especially it does. in these small towns. I mean, even looking at the national perspective, there's been some really close mm-hmm. races. Right. I mean, across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you look at thirteen, right, that's. That's seven people that voted no that if you could have got in front of and maybe got the right information to them or that mm-hmm. they didn't understand, seven people mm-hmm. go with voting the other way changes that. So, yeah. So do you feel, let me ask this real quick, do you feel like you need to be out and about more in the community now with this? I mean, I feel like I see you at football games or, you know, I see you guys out, but do you feel that sense of pressure because, and then you got to be on or not really, you're not trying to do that to yourself? Um this is the advantage of being in a small community. We're always out and about okay. and yeah. with your kids. You're kind of yeah. always there. Yeah. You're always visible. But yep. um, I think it is something that you have to do, especially, you know, as a board member, you need to be out there and, again, listening to what people yeah. have to say and having those conversations. So um, I, I think it's something that I consciously have to make sure we continue to do. Okay. Yeah. Good. What, uh, for your, you know, your campaign and your run and so on and so forth, where can folks go to, you know, learn about you and, and what you've got going on? Yeah, so right now we've got a Facebook page. Um, it's just Facebook slash Vote Greg page. Um, we're going to set up a website as well. We didn't have that up and going yet, but um, right now most of it's on Facebook. How long before the next vote? Uh, the next vote is in November, so it'll be with uh, the general election. Okay. And that's gotcha. Greg with one G. One, one G, Greg. So one G, and Greg. page, yep. P-A-G-E. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, so a couple of things, there was one, one, one other thing I wanted to ask you about if I could, and then we get into one final deal here. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but I think this is a good platform to do it because we have this national stage. You guys have a foundation for your son that was, uh, killed in duty. Uh, what, what is, are you, are you good with telling us a little bit about that and and how that's working? Yeah. So as I mentioned, my, my son Dagan um, was one of 13 service members that was killed. It was August 26th of this last year. Um, and it, it's obviously turned our world upside down, um, and we're trying to find the good out of it. And one of the things that we've done is put this foundation together. And if, uh, if you ever knew Dagan, he was a bit of a wild child. He <laughs> lived life on his own terms. He was uh, pretty vocal about what he was and wasn't in his life. And um, so we've kind of said, you know, we're going to live the Degan way and help other people live the Degan way as well. So we started the Corporal Degan Page Foundation, and our goal is to use that money to support organizations that would have been close to his heart. So things around the military and veterans, um, you know, um, skateboarding, hockey, Boy Scouts, the things that he was involved in as mm-hmm. he was growing up, um, just uh, animals. You know, he was a big animal lover. So, you know, we've got some things going on right now with a couple different um, animal groups that are around adoption of dogs um, and cats, things like that. So our goal is really just to use that money to you know, kind of help people live the Degan way and bring some uh, bring some good out of a tragedy. Cool. Um, and I think you guys are, are you guys are kind of in the infancy of this, like building the website and so on and so forth. Is that right? We are. There is, um, so DegganPage.org is up and going. We've got some information out there about, you know, Degan, about some of the things that we have going on, some of the things that we're involved in. Um, obviously, with Memorial Day coming up, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, we're getting involved with with the foundation that the family's involved with. So, right. um, but there's a lot of information out on the site of kind of about Degan um, and, and those different things that we're doing. His first name is a little bit unique. How's that spelled? 
D-A-E-G-A-N. D-A-E-G-A-N-P-A-G-E. Yep. Dot. Org. Org. Awesome. Cool. There we go. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, we're going to do what we can to get involved as well. And obviously we spoke a little bit today. Maybe we, on the uh, farm focus side of things, we can help you guys with merchandising and some fundraisers that we do. But Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So uh, kind of to close this out, we've got this group that we work with in Nebraska called Handlebend. Um, O'Neill. O'Neill, from O'Neill. Yeah. Um, Great company. Good guys. Yep. A couple of cool folks. Well, a number of cool folks down there. So what they do is they uh, hand make copper products, typically like copper mugs, shot glasses, straws, um, all kinds of things like that. So they make them in their shop all all by hand. They're super cool. Um, And then obviously, as you can see here, they have this badass packaging. Uh, this is this is how they ship everything. It's like a pallet, and then you get a um, a crowbar to open the dang thing because they're put together so strongly. But uh, in working with these guys, they help us with the podcast, and um, they they gave us these things to give each guest that we have. So this is a gift from us and from Handlebend to you. So you can uh, open that up when you get home and check it out. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah and I, I don't know if you have this out where somebody can see it, but that is really cool the way that's set up with yeah. the, uh, like mm-hmm. a pallet or crate and the, the crowbar attached to it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. When you get in there um, and you, you open that up and you hold one of those things in your hand, you're going to be like, man, I can't believe what this is. It's, it's a super cool yeah. product. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah. It yeah. But uh, no, we just appreciate you coming on. Um, hopefully this helps folks get a better understanding of how these school boards work and, and why it's important right. to get involved, um, you know, on the national level and then on the local level. Hopefully it helps some folks, you know, get inter- introduced to you and, and what you've got going on. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. You guys have anything else? No, we covered a lot there. That was a good one. Yeah, we're good. Cool. Well, um, I guess that's it. I don't really have anything else. Let's sign off. Later, yeah. folks. Okay. Peace. All right. Thanks. <laughs>